Welcome. I'm your host, Soraya of the Miracle Mom Mindset Show. I'm here to amplify the voices of mothers everywhere, to shift the paradigm of sacrificing ourselves in the name of motherhood, to filling our cup first. I believe self-love is a portal to our inner brilliance, and as we learn to love and care for ourselves, we will be able to take on the miracle of motherhood. Together, let us leave a legacy of deep love, illuminating moms, our children, and the planet at large. Welcome to Miracle Mom Mindset. I'm super, super excited to have Jennifer Dawn on the show. Um, She is one of the co-authors of Motherhood Diaries and is truly a special soul. You'll see and you'll hear in the interview we have together. Um, Every conversation I have with her, I was just telling her, it feels like she should have her own movie because her life is so interesting and she's overcome so much. Um, And she stands for a pillar of resilience. And I'm really excited to have her here today. Um, And just on a personal note, um, having co-authored the book with Jennifer Dawn, she's just a special person. Uh, She's encouraged me every step of the way. And I love her heart and I love her as a person. So thank you for being here. I'm going to quickly introduce her, this amazing soul that's right here with us today. Uh, So Jennifer Dawn is the author of Dad's Pennies from Heaven. So she's also written a second book, and we'll definitely speak about that as well. She is the owner and CEO of Jennifer Dawn Limited and is known on social media as a Sagittarius coach. Jennifer is passionate about guiding women who are feeling lost and frustrated and helps them navigate through their major life changes while developing their spiritual practice. Jennifer empowers them and helps them create financial independence without sacrificing their true authentic self. To connect with Jennifer Dawn, you can reach out to her via email at info at jenniferdawn.net, or you can connect her on social media media at um, Linktree Sagittarius Coach. And please don't worry, I'll also include this in the show notes because uh, she's definitely somebody that you're gonna wanna uh, you know, keep connected with. She's got a beautiful energy. So Jennifer, welcome, 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 welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. And um, anything else you wanted to add from your bio that I may not have covered? Because I know you've had such an interesting and fascinating life. So I'll leave the floor open. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here on your show as a guest. You uh, are an amazing woman, a beautiful woman inside and out. And thank you so much for for having me, always supporting me and always encouraging me. So thank you. Oh my goodness, it's a pleasure. Uh, It's it's a joy and an honor to have you here. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And a a huge shout out to everybody. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us today and listening to the podcast. So thank you. I also uh, just wanted to just add, thank you for introducing me. You did such a beautiful job introducing me. And also just to let you know, too, I'm also a co-author of Pursuit 365, which is another beautiful book project uh, created by Shelley Hughes, uh, who's also from BC, Canada as well, just like Soraya and I. And she's an amazing, another beautiful woman in soul. So I'm also a co-author with uh, 2023 
edition, uh, soon to be 2024 edition, and also the business edition. So I'm actually in three different editions of Pursuit 365. <laughs> so... This is it, right? So I feel like we started Motherhood Diaries together, right? Like we went on the journey. And now I just I just see how much you flourished on your journey. We actually met together in the Awakener certification um, with Jennifer Jade and doing the deeper uh, inner work um, through her life and spiritual coaching certification. And, you know, it's been quite the ride. And I think that we've each uh, expanded our soul's journey in so many ways. And so can you talk a little bit about your journey from uh, 2019 to now? Because I think that there's just so many pieces that women can see a piece of themselves in you um, through the things you've experienced. And then I'd love to, of course, um, have you speak a little bit about how you overcame those different challenges that you faced as well. Okay, sounds good. So yes, so I uh, personally, I've had quite the story as quite the journey since 2019. So I've actually been married and divorced uh, since 2019. Uh, second marriage, actually, so married and divorced since 2019. I've also experienced three moves, uh, one long distance move, which was my most recent move. So three uh, move, giant moves. I've also experienced uh, raising three puppies, uh, not all at the same time, thank goodness, but three puppies. I've also experienced uh, two uh, personal uh, heartbreaks uh, since 2019 and with the romantic life. I've also experienced a devastating heartbreak and grief since 2019 when my dad passed. And on top of all these, that's just, that's just small, just a fraction of what I've experienced since 2019. As all these things have happened, as they were all occurring, I literally created from the, the roots up I actually created my own spiritual business and practice, took it from a hobby level, didn't have a clue what I was doing, and took it from the beginning to now a fully functional, enabling me to be fully independent. And I actually work for myself full time in my business and practice. And I've done that, I've created that with all these major life changes. So as I mentioned, my dad passing in 2019, going through unbelievable grief, then also another whole other level of grief with the end of my marriage. And then uh, also raising, I have three grown sons. My youngest son is my special needs son. So also taking care of my special needs son and creating that safe um, environment, welcoming environment for, for both himself and myself. And while creating that, also creating the independence, the financial independence to take care of both of us. So that is uh, just a snippet of what has occurred since 2019. <laughs> oh, and while well, writing a whole bunch of different books at the same time. <laughs> Well, yes. And, and when do you sleep exactly? <laughs> How do you, <laughs> when do you sleep? So, so what, what do you think is that? So you've been through so much hardship, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, as Rumi says, it's from the wound that we find the light, the opening, right? And so what did that look like for you? What, what gave you that strength, um, that, that ability um, to, you know, 
conquer all the things, you know, leaving um, a situation and a marriage. I know you've shared with me um, in terms of your experience, domestic abuse and violence, um, raising a special needs child, um, three boys, that's busy enough. And then a special needs child that hats off to you. Okay. For, for doing that, being a single mom, running your business successfully from the ground up, learning all of that, writing three books. Um, and I know personally, um, I just experienced a session with you, your past life regression session. And it, it blew me out of the water. I, you just really were able to take me so deep. And I'm just so appreciative of like the inner healing and the depth of where you took me and what you opened up. And so I think it takes a very special person to do what you're doing, to be, be in that space, to create and overcome. And I'd love to hear and for you to share with the listeners, what is that piece for you that's helped you navigate all this? And is there a message that's coming through from you to share for those that may be experiencing something similar? Yes, for sure. So to take you guys, if we could jump into a time machine, I'll take you back in time. So we're gonna go back almost 20 years to the month. So it was 20 years ago in July, so 2003. I had no idea that I was about to drastically change my life and my three sons' life, lives. So what happened is I was in my first marriage. I had married very young. Uh, all three children are from my first husband. And I had no idea that I was going to experience what I did in that marriage. So I experienced uh, enormous amounts of physical abuse, even when I was pregnant with Christian, my youngest son. And I didn't know who I was anymore. I questioned everything. I had no more self-worth. I had zero confidence. I had zero belief in myself that I could do anything. Also, because I was told almost on a daily basis, I couldn't do anything and I would never amount to anything. And after a while, I believed it. I believed all the things that I was hearing. I believed it as truth. And then one day, it was literally like I woke up. I woke up from the, the lies. And I said to myself, no, no, that is not true. And... I'm also, I, I'm a fire sign. I joke about it a lot. I am a true fire sign, but I'm incredibly passionate. And I knew that day when I woke up, I said to myself, I have to make a difference. I need to make a change now. I don't know how the heck I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And my son's dad, I kicked him out of the house. And uh, because he, if you want to know more about that specific situation and how it occurred, it's actually in my book, Dad's Pennies from Heaven, but something happened with my middle son. And I said to myself, oh, hell no, no more. And I said, get out. I told him get out and I ushered him out the front door. I locked the door behind him. And before I did so, he said, he goes, he was just in disbelief because he never seen me in that power and having that strength and belief in myself because he had literally allowed me 
to believe the, the false, the lies. And I, it was like a switch that day and it just completely changed. And he looked at me and I'll never forget that. And he said, you will not be able to make it on your own. And I said, watch me. And I closed the door behind me, locked the door and took a deep breath. And I had no idea when I took that deep breath, that was literally the breath of a new woman, a new outlook on life. And I was not going to give up. And literally in that moment, I realized then that this was bigger than me. It was even bigger than my three sons. I knew that I had a message and a mission to help other women, no matter what they were going through, including even if it's physical abuse or emotional abuse or financial abuse, whatever it is, to not doubt themselves any longer, not to let anybody take their power away from themselves. Every single person is meant to be here. And we actually cannot allow other people to take our light away. And that's what I did. I let somebody else dim my light and tell me that I was worthless. And that switch flicked that day. And I was said to myself, I am not worthless. I am worthy. And literally since that day in 2003, I started what I call the internal rebuild, where I've literally rebuilt myself from within and without, out externally, not without, externally. And so it all started from within. So, and now that is one of, one of my missions is to help empower women no matter where they are right now, no matter what they have been through, that they will get through this to the other side. And no matter what I've experienced since 2003, no matter how difficult, how challenging, because let's face it, life is not unicorns and rainbows all the time, right? Sometimes there's gonna be rain clouds. Sometimes there's gonna be thunder and lightning but we will get through it. And I always remind myself, I take myself back to that moment in July, 2003. If I could get through that, and I had three young children, my oldest was seven years old, my middle son was five, and my youngest was only 18 months old. And I raised all three on my own. If I can do that, any challenge I experience now is honestly nothing in comparison to that. And so that's what I remind myself. So it just, in order to, to keep having that gas in the tank and to keep on persevering and being like a phoenix, just rising up from the ashes stronger than before, I just remind myself of the challenges I have already overcome. And now I can get through this. And when I recognize that, it literally lessens whatever problem I'm dealing with in the present moment. I just, so first of all, I just wanna take a pause here because uh, two things. Number one, I wanna have a lot of compassion for your story and, and also appreciation for your vulnerability in sharing it. Um, because 
your story is going to lend itself to help somebody else who could be experiencing this in this very moment, could be listening to this and saying, yeah, that's me. Um, so compassion from my heart to yours, that you have been through that journey, and also celebration and acknowledgement to you for stepping out of that situation with, I'm sure, immense fear with the physical, um, you know, physical abuse that was happening, to step out of that with such courage and to not only step out of it, but to say, yes, this is bigger than myself. I'm here to now stand in that power and help others along the journey. And that is just so beautiful. And I just wanna take a pause and just say that I'm so proud of you for taking that step because I think a lot of women um, in that circumstance um, feel stuck, right? Or feel like they don't have that inner power like you talked about. Um, and so I guess, what would you say if to, to a woman who's experiencing this right now? I, when I was reading the statistics, it's about seven times before a woman leaves a domestic violence uh, situation. And so what would you say to that woman who is feeling, you know, um, from this experience that they're not worthy, that they're not enough? What would you say to them in this moment as they're pondering or thinking about their life or how they would come to that courage and that power that you had that you woke up with? Where should they start? That's such a good and powerful question. The first, the first step is to get help. So unfortunately in 2003, there wasn't, a, I can't speak for outside of BC and I can't speak for outside of Canada, but what I can speak on is what I experienced in 2003. Yeah. And in 2003, there was not a whole heck of a lot of programs and help for people experiencing what I experienced. But now it's not perfect, but now it's a whole heck of a lot better than 2003. So now uh, the first thing is safety. So whether you're on your own or you have children, to me, both are important. What was explained to me in 2003 that if I was on my own, it wouldn't be taken seriously. But because I had children, then it would be taken seriously. Mm. So present day, if you're on your own, it's just as important as if you were a mom and you have children. Safety is number one. So the first thing, there's contact uh, information. Uh, you can search it up at wherever you live. There is, there is help. It's just a matter of reaching out and asking for it. That's what I did. So after I kicked him out, that was the first thing I did is I actually contacted immediate family members who did not know, and that was my parents. And then I contacted uh, our local government and found out uh, which sort of uh, connections, who I needed to speak to, to keep my kids and myself safe. And that was the first thing I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, literally adrenaline fueled a lot of those phone calls. Yeah, oh, right? I can only imagine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you're living it, you're in that reality, right? You're trying to now navigate, right? Um, my, my mom is actually in a social worker in the domestic violence uh, space. Yes. Um, and, and like you said, there are a lot of resources, um, shelters that you can reach out to, safety plans that you can even Google or search. Mm -hmm. um, you can call the shelter to connect with free resources like 
it could be legal resources, it could be uh, financial resources, and it could also be coming up with a safety plan, right? Um, exactly. So I would encourage you if you're in this situation, um, and you know you have you definitely have some local supports in your area, like Jennifer said, reach out and and just start understanding your options start understanding um, the plan right in terms of the safety and all the things that you talked about so that um, when you're ready to make that move um, you've got some ducks in a row and I know you had said that you had already been planning um, ahead of time right for this transition and there were some safety pieces in place so yeah I think um, that's just what I've learned from some of the work that my mom has done in this space and um, in seeing women experience it um, firsthand as well. And so, yes, um, just know that the, the other thing I'll just say that's coming through to share is that just because you've wanted to leave and you haven't, um, don't beat yourself up for it, right? Um, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's nothing to do with you being less worthy because you haven't left. It takes an average of seven times for people to leave. And there's a reason for that, right? Because depending on the length of the abuse, um, you know, it, psychologically, emotionally, it can take a lot to make that decision and those actions. And what Jennifer sh shared is her rebuilding of going within and connecting within was also a big piece and help for her, right? To yes. rebuild her life. Um, and I know personally, I've experienced that too, is that that place within yourself of infinite light, of infinite um, peace and guidance is, is a big source of strength and um, reminder of your unconditional love and acceptance from the universe. Um, <laughs> and um, that is a, is a great also force that you can lean on if you're listening to this and you're struggling that is a great force that you can lean on that is always available to you that is always speaking to you that but that you may not hear um, unless you get quiet still in a space to receive right and so i don't know i just feel called to share that for the woman that's there that's thinking yes. and, and you know where does she start um i i loved all the pieces that you shared and i'm just going to add as well on that piece too well, thank you for adding that too. And that's so true about the seven times because yeah. uh, personally for me, uh, so I know some people go through a very similar experience. I was actually threatened. So I was actually threatened for leaving. So I know a lot of women, they experience a very similar exactly. um, story like myself yeah. uh, where they're threatened. So when you're threatened, obviously that's a whole other experience, right? Great. So once again, definitely seek help. You don't have to do this yourself. And the other thing that I'm getting called to share as well is part of the internal rebuild is literally going through grieving. A lot of people think grieving is just when a person passes, but that's actually not a true story. Great. So grieving actually occurs also with the end of a relationship. Grieving also occurs in the change of a home going from one house to a new home. Grieving also occurs from a change of a job, going from one job to another job. So it's not only when a person passes. So not only did my sons and I have to move from our present home at that time to a new home, 
But we also, all of us, all four of us, even the baby at 18 months old, all four of us actually were experiencing different levels of grieving because there was a constant, their father was present. And then the next moment he no longer was. We had to go through court times. We had to go through um, uh, visitation. I had to go through restraining orders. What there was, it, it was a mess. It was quite ugly. Yeah. So not only were my sons experiencing grieving, but so was I, because I, as a child had always said, when I get married, I only want to get married once and that's it. And so I felt like a failure and that my marriage had ended, even though the physical abuse was not my fault, I felt like a failure. And then the whole, um, almost a dreamy, uh, not necessary realistic view of marriage had also died in in that moment so I was going through not only the end of the relationship not only the end of the marriage but also the end of the family unit end of us living in that present home everything life as I knew it was changing so and then myself I was literally grieving myself because up until that moment, there was a version of myself that no longer would exist because I was now uh, growing and developing and evolving into a newer version of myself. And as that newer version of myself, and they're just showing me a butterfly, literally emerging, transformation was occurring. But as transformation occurs, the old self is now set aside. Yeah. It's not forgotten, but it is set aside. And so that's literally what was occurring as I started that new chapter. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, it just colors even more the phenomenal journey that you've been on to um, come from a place where you're feeling that, that depth of darkness and to have found your way to the light and to now have, have done all that you've done in this moment. So yes, if you're listening, um, just know you're not alone. There are supports out there and um, it's possible. Anything is possible. It, it may not feel possible right now in their circumstance, but no, even just Jennifer Dawn is a, a beautiful example of going from the depth of darkness and, and struggle and coming out of it. And, and through that, um, coming out of this really difficult situation, uh, you've been able to rise, like you said, like a phoenix and call in abundance and open doors and open possibilities and, and you know, bring about a beautiful, beautiful books like Motherhood Diaries, like Dad's Pennies in Heaven and the, the Pursuit, the 365 Days of Pursuit. Um, so I'm just going to take a moment to, to pause us now um, and, and read a little excerpt from the story that you wrote in Motherhood Diaries. And I'd love for you to then share a little bit about you and what inspired this writing and what your key message is. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm just feeling called to read this part. Actually, I'm going to call it, I'm going to read this part right now. This beautiful excerpt is called Delivered by an Angel. The delivering physician and nurses moved quickly to prepare for delivery. As this occurred, a doctor appeared by my side and sat in the chair beside my bed. He carefully placed his hand on mine as he gently stroked my forehead. 
Calmness washed over me as he told me that both my baby and I would survive. I felt the panic, fear, and feeling of surrender leave my body. Minutes later, I heard the doctor say my baby had arrived in our world. I listened and realized with horror that my son was not crying. My heart cried out as I realized he was not breathing. The team moved quickly to remove the umbilical cord that had wrapped around my baby's neck several times. I could see they were all working together to bring my baby back. The doctor who was by my smi side smiled at me as he heard my baby cry for the very first time. He rose from his chair as he let go of my hand and slowly walked out of the room. I never saw him again. The next day, I thanked the nurses who assisted with the delivery of my son. I asked them who the doctor was that sat in the chair holding my hand during the delivery. I informed them how he kept me calm and reassured me during the entire delivery. The nurses turned and looked at each other as exchanged the same thought mentally. One of the nurses turned to me and said, Jennifer, there was no one sitting beside you during the delivery. You had a guardian angel with you. So that's just a small excerpt of your story. Um, I've read your story and I've cried <laughs> reading your story. It makes me emotional. Um, you know, your story has so much uh, depth and color to it and experience. I mean, you, you experience a near death in, in your birthing experience. Um, and this is a story of your third son, right? Your third son, son Christian, who, um, you know, went through this traumatic birth, but who is a beacon of light, right? And who you're, you know, you, you reference them in the book and you have, there's a poem in there as well. Um, but can you speak a little bit about what inspired you to write this story? Um, and what is the key message you want to share? Those are really good questions. So I, the reason I felt the nudge to share his story is to help other parents with special needs children. And for one, I kept feeling the, the, the nudge to share that you're not alone. You're not alone. And not only is your child a gift, but you are a gift to your child. So I personally believe that both child and parent have chosen each other and they both learn from each other. So I have learned so, so much from Christian. And that was the reason why I felt the nudge and felt the call to write his story. One, because it's because of the assistance that we had during his whole delivery, it's an incredible, powerful, true story. And it literally also sends the message and shares a message of hope. Because once again, that I was surrounded by darkness and light shone through. And so that's one of the biggest reasons I felt the nudge to share his story. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, surrounded by darkness, but the light shone, shone through. I love that. Um, and, and, you know, I think that this profound, immense light that exists within the depth of our being 
is always stronger than the darkness. Yes. You know, it, it always is stronger than the darkness. And it's in those moments of darkness that you're often supported in ways that you don't expect, like this, gar this guardian angel doctor that was by your side that helped you through the delivery, right? Yes. Um, that gave you this feeling of calmness, a presence that you were being unconditionally loved, guided, and held. And so that is a place of um, beauty that resides in every person that's listening. I just want to remind you, it resides in every single person on this earth. Um, and, and like you said, when you bring in new life into the world, you're guided in that light in ways that you don't expect. And, you know, like Christian has been a beautiful, um, he's been a beautiful gift to you, as you said, and he's taught you so much. He's a gift to the world. And then you're a gift to him to be such a, a beautiful and compassionate mom um, that is helping him shine his brightest light by you standing powerfully in your own. And I know we talk about that in Motherhood Diaries. It's a, a core piece that we talk about, mm -hmm. um, which is illuminating moms, our children, and the planet at large, that when we are standing in our full shine, right? Yes. When we are standing fully empowered and connected to that place of limitlessness within ourselves, we are able to receive the lessons that we needed to learn to expand. And we are also able to guide our children in the beautiful light that they already are and remind them of their completeness because they come to us complete and full already. And so we are reminded that we are complete and full already. We don't need all those external circumstances to make us complete. And they are that constant reminder that, wow, look at this beautiful miracle mm -hmm. that I'm holding that is complete. And, you know, motherhood is not easy. We know that, uh, okay. you know, there's the beauties and there's the joys and there's the challenges. But I know when I look at my kids and I'm going through the challenge, I'm thinking, okay, wow. At the end of the day, I'm just going to mm -hmm. still um, appreciate the beauty here. Uh, yes. Allow space for my feelings. Yes. Um, but also remind myself what a gift it is mm -hmm. that I've been gifted these beautiful children um, that have come to teach me so much, um, both through the joys and the challenges. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. I, I worked in the space um, with special needs children for a few years. And I just have to say in working with parents of special needs children, that I always had so much um, admiration for parents in that space, because there's so much that you're navigating. Um, whether it's advocating for your kids for school, mm -hmm. right, for services, yes. for help, for um, making sure that children are supported to be their brightest light, because sometimes the school systems don't always have the resources, right, mm -hmm. and so I, I just, I want to say once again, I know I said hats off, but hats off again, because, I, you know, you navigated all of this stuff as a single mom, leaving a really difficult situation, raising a son with special needs, who's amazing. I've, I see, you know, the pictures and I, I hear you speak about him and you light up and, you know, you have planted now the seeds in them to feel worthy mm -hmm. by leaving that situation that made you feel unworthy mm -hmm. um, by claiming your worth. You actually help them reclaim theirs as well. Yes. And yes. so hats off to you for, for just having that inner fortitude and that inner um, strength and courage um, to be who you are today. So I just want to celebrate you. I'm, I think I'm going to keep celebrating you all th this whole podcast, but I have, <laughs> I just feel called to <laughs> keep telling you that because I'm like, wow, this woman's amazing. So oh, um, thank you. You're, you're amazing, Jennifer Don. I just want you to know, like I, 
am very grateful to know you and you've changed my life and you've inspired me and I know the listeners are feeling the same so um thank you I just yeah I'm just speaking from my heart whatever comes out is it's coming here so um I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um what is a ritual or or a daily practice that you do for yourself on self-love that you think would be a great thing to share with a mom I personally love and I have had it as part of my daily self-care since 2020 actually so I started in 2020 and my my daily self-practice is sound healing it has been a life-changing practice for me so I have learned working with energy every single thing every single person has a frequency energy has to move somewhere. And so after I really grasped that and really understood that and the power and the significance of that, I realized that if there's something internally within me that is not aligned, even a thought not aligned, that we can change it. And then I was introduced to sound healing from a friend of mine and it's been a game changer. So now not only has it changed my life, but it's actually changed Christians as well. And same with our pets, because pets also, once again, are highly sensitive to sound and energy frequency. So everybody benefits in our house with the sound healing. So sound healing is so amazing for both uh, the human self and the soul. So because physically, it actually creates a calming environment. And on a soul level, it actually uh, invites healing in. So it's a win-win for both parts of ourselves. And as I said, both with human and animal. So it's, and you can actually choose specific targeted frequencies for specific type of healing. So for example, in 2020, I was feeling quite heartbroken and I didn't know how to overcome that with the emotions and feelings. Plus, of course, everybody in the world was experiencing uh, what impact COVID was happening or uh, what COVID uh, had uh, created for everybody. And so where we lived, there was actually uh, massive restrictions. So we weren't allowed to see anybody. So I was a single mom with a special needs son and literally physically trapped in our home and also uh, recovering from a divorce. And I had all these different emotions and feelings going on. And energetically, I did not feel very good. So as soon as I tapped into the sound healing and the specific targeted frequencies to help realign and actually uh, create a healthy physical and mental emotional environment for myself and for my son. It was unbelievable. And so ever since then, I haven't tossed it out the window. I've actually, it is part of our daily life now. So now Christian and myself, we don't even think about it. We play it every single day and it's just part of our day. 
Wow. So, so for somebody who's new to this, because I know I've heard about like the Tibetan singing bowls, and then there's yes. like, you know, there's an angel healing music that on like, you can maybe even go on YouTube. I don't know what you listen to specifically. Is there something specifically that people can search for um, to help them? Because I, I love that. I love that. I love that your son is benefiting your pets, you're benefiting. Um, and it's something very simple that you can do. You can put the music in the background, right? So where can people find it? Okay, so for sure. So I'll send you after our podcast today, I'll send you a, a picture that actually has specific almost like radio stations on Spotify. So it's actually specific targeted frequencies based on the type form of healing that you're looking for. Wow. So and that's where I listen to it is actually on Spotify. So everything actually has a different Hertz number. And the different uh, frequency Hertz number is targeted for the specific type of healing that you are looking for. Wow, I love yeah. that. Oh, I'm taking notes here. I'm gonna. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to receive it. I'll share with you all. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, if you're you're wanting more info, don't worry. We will. We'll get that to you. So, oh, that's that's awesome. Um, so in terms of your dad's book, because I I wanted to kind of I feel called to also talk about that. Um, Cause I know that was a, a big part of your self-love journey, healing, yes. right? Like self-love. Um, so can you talk first about two things? What does self-love mean to you? And then can you talk a little bit about your dad, dad's book? Because I think it's really special and it showcases your intuitive gifts as well. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. So self-love, I personally believe is the journey of so self-love, I actually think is a never-ending journey because we constantly, whether we realize it or not, we're always evolving. So when we get to really know ourselves and embrace ourselves, respect ourselves as another form of self-love, really actually date ourselves is really what it is. When you, when you date yourself, like if you're on a first date with somebody, it's all niceties, Right and you get all gassied up and you have great conversation usually or else there's no second date you have great conversation and you're highly engaged and you're enthused and you want to know about that person well that's how i look at self-love you are literally dating yourself so what is it that you want to do do you want to engage in hobbies do you want to have a spa day do you want to take yourself to a movie do you want to go see a girlfriend and have a fun night wine night whatever it is and what i've learned is that maybe self-love today is having a bath and tomorrow is reading a new book whatever it is it's important to, to go with it. And something that maybe really excited me a year ago doesn't excite me anymore. And that's because we're constantly evolving. So I've learned to just date myself and really get to know myself as I evolve. And really it's an ongoing journey, it never ends. And I've also learned that how important self-love is. I had no idea. I didn't realize that my whole life uh, since I was a preteen and teen, I had no idea that all the romantic relationships I ever engaged in, including my marriages, I was always looking for the partner, the boyfriend, or then in the future it was husband. I was always looking for them to fill the void within me 
And what I mean by that is I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't even know how to date myself. I didn't want to be take myself out because I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. So how could I date myself? I didn't realize that that was the constant guest in both of my marriages and both of my homes. I was always dependent on the partner to make me feel good. And I had it all wrong. It actually starts from within. And when I really learned to embrace who I am and love myself, I have opened the door not only for romantic relationships, but for all relationships, because when I feel good about myself, energetically, people will feel that and they will respond to that energy that they are feeling. So even if they're not highly intuitive, people do pick up on energy, whether they realize it or not. So as I continue to date and learn and, and dive in and find out more about myself and excited to do so, the more people have been responding to that and treating me even better than how I've ever been treated in my whole life. So it's amazing. And the second question about my dad's book. So uh, you were asking like, just to, just to uh, refresh my memory here, you wanted to know about my dad's book and why I wrote it. And yeah, yeah. So for, okay, I just wanna quickly pause on your self-love description. Okay because I think that was a beautifully full way to describe it, that it's, it's an ongoing journey of um, learning and connecting to who you are and really getting to know yourself and date yourself um, and to find the completeness within yourself for happiness rather than um, outside. And um, when you're connected to that place of self-love and um, unconditional love for all parts of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the good and, and, and the parts of yourself that you find harder to accept about yourself. When you're able to accept all parts of yourself um, and, and um, love yourself anyways, you're at a frequency, like you said, that will help magnetize and attract things at that frequency where you're in a place of completion or love, right? For the self. And so I loved how you described that. I just want to pause there for a minute. And Thank I you. know that the, the Motherhood Diaries was a, a part of your healing writing, right? It's very healing. And yeah. also like your dad's book, like I would love for you to speak a little bit about the book that you have written um, about your dad's journey, um, because I also would love for you to share your amazing intuitive gifts that you have which you haven't talked about yet which is also very fascinating <laughs> I could have a whole I could do like 10 podcast shows on just that so yeah if you I'll give you the open space share what you feel called but I think it's great for women um women men whoever's listening to hear about your beautiful expression in your book with your father well thank you so as a child I I've always had active intuitive abilities but based on my, uh, one of my parents uh, had a very difficult childhood and background. And so that was my mom. And so she was always raised to uh, not really use her voice. 
And because it runs in my family, a very strong intuitive abilities, she saw what my grandmother went through back in the 50s and 60s, incredibly difficult to be what's called clairaudient, which is the ability to actually hear and connect with the spiritual realm and receive messages. So clairaudience was not embraced in the 50s and 60s. And unfortunately, a lot of people uh, received some pretty harsh uh, and primitive uh, treatments uh, when they were uh, clairaudient. Uh, not everybody was, but let's just say a lot of people were. And unfortunately, my grandmother was one of them. So what happened is my mom didn't want me to experience a similar fate as my grandmother. So she always told me, don't tell people they're going to think you're crazy. Don't tell people what you can do. So it wasn't until I was an adult that I truly embraced who I was and my in intuitive abilities. And so my dad always knew that I was psychic, but he didn't know I was also a medium. So the night before his passing, I, I told him that I am a medium and please dad, I connect with people all over the world and help connect with their loved ones that have passed on. But dad, you're my dad. So it's going to be difficult with you because you're my dad. So please give me some time before you come forward and start connecting with me once you cross over. And I'll never forget uh, tears started coming down his face. He was no longer able to talk at that point, but the tears started streaming down his face. So with my dad's message, so two years prior to his passing, he passed in June actually of 2019. So uh, June uh, 21st, we're coming up to his uh, uh, passing date here. But two years before he passed, I was no longer able to have a full conversation with him because he had dementia and he, he was in developing into the later stages of dementia. And so I missed having those conversations with him. And then fast forward to the very last week of his life, he had no dementia. He was crystal clear. He was able to have full conversations. And so I, I realized now I was guided. I felt the nudge to take my cell phone, download an app to record audio, and I did that and I actually recorded the last four days of his life. And he was able, as I said, to have full conversations with myself, with my mom, my middle son, Matt, with medical staff. And at the same time, the medical staff was actually documenting that physically there was no reasonable explanation why he was able to talk or be able to actually be physically alive because his major organs had already shut down at that point. And they were just in complete disbelief and they had no idea why this was occurring. On the audio recordings, uh, my dad actually shares, Jen Jennifer, he calls me Jennifer. Jennifer, I came back, I died and I came back to teach you. And one of the things that he taught me then, that was one of the biggest driving forces why I wanted to write his book and share his message, is he said that how it was for him having dementia. So he actually explained it was like him being in a prison of sorts. So he said there was two people inside his body. There was the dementia, which he called the other person. 
and then himself. So he kept referencing dementia as the other person. He said, the other person spoke for me. The other person was doing the actions, everything. I had no more control at all. The other person took full control. But Jennifer, I was still inside my body. I could hear everything. I heard all the awful things that the other person said to you, aka the dementia person. I heard all those awful things I said to you, but that was not me. That was the other person. And I realized in that moment that my dad had a message that I had suspected had never been heard in the world before. And that is a person with dementia or Alzheimer's is still there, but there's another version, another part of themselves that is, is almost like front stage and backstage. So my dad was backstage and dementia person was front stage, main stage. So they were in full control of my dad's body and what he was saying. But my dad was still there. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, it totally makes sense because those glimmers of moments that he would look at me and I'm like, oh my God, that's my dad. And then a second later, he was gone. I said, he's just solved a major puzzle that the world has, as far as I know, has never heard of before. So he even says on the recording, Jen, Jennifer, I was here. I'm here to share a message is what I heard the last word message. And I believe the message that he is meant to share is one that a person that has dementia or Alzheimer's don't give up on them. It used to break my heart when I would go to the assisted living where my dad lived and see all these people that were there and they would never ever have family visit them. And I was there every single week visiting my dad and it would break my heart that they would hope and pray some of them that they would have family come and visit them and they never saw their family. So I believe, and my dad talked about that a lot. So I believe part of my dad's message was about hope. Don't give up hope. Even if your loved one is acting in the later stages of dementia and Alzheimer's and you feel like they're gone, don't give up on them. Share what it is that you want to share with them. Even if externally it seems like they are no longer there, internally they're there. So share whatever it is that you want to share with them. Have those conversations with them, even if it feels one-sided. Because if I had known, sorry, if I had known that my dad could hear me, I would have done things so differently. And I think that's the message he wanted people to know. Truly show your loved ones love. And if they have dementia and Alzheimer's, they are no different. That disease is the person that's in control of them, but they're still there. That is so beautiful. Oh, bringing me to tears too. And, and please never apologize for getting emotional. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is a safe space for you to share. And um, thank you for sharing your journey about your dad. 
I know he's so close to your heart. And um, that is a beautiful message that he shared um, for others that might be caring for a loved one that has dementia. And, you know, they're struggling and they're grieving the loss of their loved one and seeing them forget, right? Forget and lose their memory. But it's really comforting to know, like you said, that you can still connect and share from your heart and they can still hear you. The person that you always knew can still hear you. And I think that's just so profound and I appreciate you so much for sharing that. Um, and as well, I think that it's really special that what's coming through for me to share as well is that he's passed, but he's still with you, right? Um, yes. He will always be with you in terms of the spiritual realm. He, he's, he's always there walking beside you. He hasn't left. You know, he's smiling from above that you've been able to capture his story, to share his message, to be that voice in the space where he didn't have his own voice, right? Physically didn't have mm -hmm. his own voice. Got it back four days before. That's so miraculous. And that you took the time to put that in a book um, to help serve others and heal others and support them in their journey. So um, thank you once again for doing that, uh, for turning your, your grief into purpose and serving. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's just such a special story. So thank you so much for just sharing your journey with all of us um, and being Welcome. vulnerable enough to do that. And yeah, my heart, I just, my heart is open. This whole interview, I've been getting like full body shivers. I, <laughs> um, and I can just feel this presence of light around us. And so I really, really appreciate that so much. Um, and to your dad who's listening, um, we love you. And we just want you to know that we can hear you. I know we are proud of your daughter who's amazing. And and thank, thank you, you. For, for still being here and being present because we can feel your presence with us even now, right? Um, so that's really, really special. Um, I'm feeling called to ask you about legacy because I think that you've touched on so many um, deep topics and so many topics that many women are either experiencing or going through. And so when you think about your legacy, um, having been through such a such a challenging time with your dad, and also being that ray of hope to others, mm -hmm. right? What is your legacy? What do you want to leave behind um, in this world? Through your day to day interactions? And, you know, when you think and look back at your life, what would a, a life well lived look like for you? Uh, three words, never give up. We're always way stronger than we give ourselves credit for. We all, every single person worldwide, every single person has experienced enormous challenges, hardships. Every single person, no matter what their background is, no matter what how old they are, every single person has experienced challenges. And my legacy is, I guess, four letters, hope. I love that. Yeah, I've seen a rainbow. <laughs> As <laughs> Thank speaking, you. I've seen the rainbow of hope. I mean, just through your story, right? How much hope you've given, right? In sharing your truth and standing in your power and being vulnerable enough to write and to speak it. And so I encourage you to continue to do that because just that in itself gives so much hope and healing. Um, and I know it's provided that for me too, even in this conversation, even in the things I've written, 
not I've written, you've written, that I've read, um, it's given me so much inspiration and so much healing. And so I just want to take a moment, um, I'll ask you one more question. I know we've been speaking for quite a while. I could honestly okay. speak to you all day and, <laughs> and the time would just go by like that. Um, so I'd like to ask you a question specifically for moms and, you know, for first time moms that are going mm -hmm. through the transition to motherhood, what would be your advice to a first time mom, knowing what you know now about self-love and um, healing and the journey that you've been on? What would be your advice to the first time mom that is just, you know, not sure in a space so that they're, they're excited, but they're also nervous, they don't know what to expect, um, or they've just become a first time mom and it can feel beautiful and overwhelming. What would be your message or your guidance to that first time mom? Taking care of you is not selfish. So whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, I know there's not a whole heck of a lot of time when you're a new mom, but even if it's five minutes a day, I recommend even putting it in your phone because there's something that's magical about putting the self-care in your, either your phone or your planner, actually write it out. However you organize things for your day, literally put down self-care for yourself. So whether it is just calling a girlfriend and talking to her five minutes while your baby's sleeping, or let's say um, it's the, a pedicure. If you're able to go for a pedicure and even have baby, you know, swaddled in your arms while you're getting a pedicure, take that time to take care of you because that's one of the things that I did not know and I actually felt guilty it's oh it's all about my my sweet baby but then I started noticing that I was physically mentally and emotionally exhausted and I had nothing in me to give to my baby yeah. and I didn't realize how everything was so connected. And then I started beating myself up about even physically not able to provide for my baby. Like everything was connected for me and I didn't realize that. So when I wasn't taking care of myself, I wasn't able to take care of my baby the way I wanted to. So that would be my advice and recommendation. And it's not selfish. And that's why on the, when you go on the plane, what do they always say? for moms and parents. Always they say when they go over the safety instructions, put the mask on yourself first, then your child or your infant. We have to be prepared and take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. And there's nothing selfish in that. That's beautiful. I think it's such an important message because a lot Thank of moms you. think that it's, uh, that you have to sacrifice everything. Um, for the mm -hmm. baby and lose yourself, lose everything that made you because now it's about caring for somebody else. But I think that it's in, in remembering that we still are a, an individual entity that's important to nourish, that we are able to provide more to our children, right? And pour more and more into them. We already are innately guided by so much love as a mom. We already naturally give that, but it amplifies the ability to give even more light, right? Even more yeah. love and pour that into your children. 
Um, so thank you for sharing that. I love that. There's a lot of nuggets. I'm, I can't wait to re-listen to this episode. There's just so many things that um, you shared today that hit my heart and soul space. Um, and I want to just end the interview by asking you, uh, how can women reach out to you? What is, can you talk a little bit about your business and, and what you offer? And how can they reach out to you? How can they connect? I'll also include that in the show notes, of course, but I think it would be really great for you to just share a little bit about that. Okay, sounds good. So thank you. So first of all, uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on so many different platforms now on social media. So you can find me under the name Sagittarius Coach. And I've had a lot of people ask me, if you're a Sagittarius Coach, uh, which is a name that I came up with personally, if you're a Sagittarius coach, does that mean you only work with people that ask their astrological sign is Sagittarius? No, that is not a true story. I actually work with anybody, any astrological sign. You do not have to be a Sagittarius in order to work with me. So my business and practice, I work from home full time. Uh, my entire practice is actually online. And why? Because of one word, energy. Energy is so powerful and I am able to connect with people literally anywhere in the world. I have clients all over the world, all different time zones, all different backgrounds. And thankfully I'm able to do so because of technology. So you don't have to be in the same province or country as me in order to connect with me. So you can uh, connect with me either uh, sending me a direct message on social media, or you can send me an email at info at jenniferdawn.net. And my business and practice, I offer a variety of different services to help people. So one of the services is actually one-on-one coaching. Another service I offer are Oracle readings. And another service I offer is what I call soul regressions. So it actually is regression under hypnosis. I with the, specifically with the hypnosis is actually under a mild to meditative state. So you're fully awake and you remember it. So, and also because of one of my main intuitive abilities is clear audience, which as I shared is the ability to actually hear the spiritual realm. I connect with people's spiritual guidance team teams. So I believe every single person has a spiritual guidance team. And this team consists of the angelic realm, loved ones in spirit. These are people that have crossed over as well as guides. And these are people that we normally haven't met in the present life. And they actually work together as a collective. So not only in my coaching sessions, but also in my sessions, my Oracle reading sessions, I connect with a person's team and I literally share everything that I hear from them. So, and I have a lot of regular clients that have sessions with me every week. Every single session is unique and I find it absolutely magical and I love it because it's, it's always different. It's always unique. Yeah. I just want to say I had a soul regression with you and you took me back to past life where I was able to heal things and release things and also um, clear any um, abundance blocks, for example, mm -hmm. that I had. And I noticed an immediate effect after the session, I started getting all these abundant things that were happening to me in terms of opportunities directly after the session. So I, I wanna thank you, so powerful. I will be booking my, my soul tune-ups <laughs> um, every so often to keep, keep in alignment with that healing and that inner work. 
Uh, so thank you for holding the space for all of us and for being here today. And that's it. I think we've shared, I've, I think you've shared so much. And is there anything else you feel you want to share to conclude the interview today? Or do you feel you covered most of it? I have, but I want to just take the time to, first of all, thank you once again for having me today. It has been a, an amazing podcast interview. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody that listened uh, to our interview. I appreciate you listening and supporting both of us so much. Please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to connect with you. And the other thing that they were just, when I say they, I mean my personal spiritual guidance team, they were just, uh, just reminding me to share with you, if you want to start your own business or practice, and let's say you feel lost, confused, stressed, frustrated, don't know how the heck to get it off the ground. You have all these ideas. Maybe you don't have ideas. Maybe you just have the idea that you want to be your own boss and be an, a business owner, entrepreneur, but you don't know how to make that happen. I'm your gal. So send me a message. We'll connect. And what I do is I literally help people for, through every stage of business and practice development. So whether beginning, so literally get it off the ground in a systematic approach, launch your business. I also help people that have already launched their business, but now are in a growth uh, stage. Maybe they want to hire staff, train staff, et cetera. That's another one of my specialties. Whatever stage of business or practice development you are looking for, I'm your girl. I can help you. Yeah. Multi-talented. Thank you so much, Jennifer Dawn. It's been a blessing and an honor to have you on the show. And thank, thank you, you, everyone, for listening. And um, have a beautiful rest of your day or evening, wherever you're listening in the world. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. I want to extend my deep gratitude for each and every listener. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please like, subscribe, and share it forward for the greater good. I want to celebrate and remind you that each moment you spend time to fill your own inner cup, you are stepping more brightly into your purpose, allowing your fullness to shine through. You become an extension of love, an extension of the universe you become a living example of what it means to shine at full bright, giving your children the permission to do the same. Together, let us illuminate moms, our children, and the planet at large.